question. All right, cool. So this is the series upgrade. And um, part one, if you've missed part one, I failed to preach the message that I preached at Dominion Conference for our local church because some of our local church didn't get to hear that. And I felt like uh, we really need to bless our local church with that message. And it was all about open the door to war. Everyone say open. open. Everyone say the door, the door. to war. Open the door to war. It was all about activating that identity of being a warrior, that we're called to overcome, we're called to be people of victory. And uh, the scripture we talked about, though, in Corinthians was that, uh, that, that God was opening a wide door of effective work, effective work, everyone say effective, which means he's opening this season up for us to enter into effective things, taking territory, moving forward, advancing. And it was a wide door, which means it was an expansion of new territory. And, but it also said in the scripture, not only is he opening a wide door of effective work, uh, there was a but. But there would be many adversaries, which means even though this wide door was opening, we had to be prepared, positioned and ready to know that there's going to be some things that try to push back on us entering into those new things. Uh, but we have to be ready for that. And so it was about understanding that it's not about uh, backing away or trying to escape or running away from the adversaries, but it's about understanding that you and I are called to take ground. We're called to move forward. And there's a wide door of effective work opening in our lives. But there are going to be many adversaries. So it's not about escaping from that, running away from that, being blind to that, denying that, but understanding that, being prepared. And how do you prepare for battle? How do you prepare to take territory and sometimes having to fight? You've got to activate the identity of the warrior God on the inside of you. And the God that we worship is a warrior God. He's not just a peace-loving, sitting by a pond, stroking our hair. Oh, you know, let's just sit down and sing Christian lullabies. He is all of that at times, all right? But he is also a very strong, powerful, mighty warrior. And so we activated that as part one. Part two, we, talked, we, we started talking about last week uh, that uh, we are overcomers, that part of, of that is that we're called to overcome. And so uh, today I want to look at part three. So I want to share just a couple of scriptures here with you verbally that we've been talking about to illustrate this. In uh, Zephaniah 3.17, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. Exodus 15.3, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. Isaiah 42.13, the Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior, he will stir up his zeal with a shout. He will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. Jeremiah 20, 11, But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. What I love about this is it's talking about, it's cementing the fact that the God we worship, the God who we are made in his image, is a warrior. And if we're made in his image, then there is, again, a part of our identity that is a warrior. Like we talked in the giving scripture, there's a part of our identity that's a sower. God sowed the ultimate seed of sowing his son Jesus to reap. He is a harvest-earning God. He wants to establish that capability in us as well, to be harvest-earning people, to learn how to sow and to reap, to sow and to reap. He also wants to activate the other parts of his identity in us to bring us into the fullness of our identity in Christ. As Christians, it means to be Christ-like, that you and I are on a journey to become more and more like Jesus, to reflect the glory of God on the earth so that when the world looks at us, they just go, there's something about you that's different. When you have a setback, you, you come back. Uh, when, 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 when you have something going on, there's something within you that's bigger than just human power or human mindset. There's something, there's an undefeatable, there's, a, there's an incorruptible thing inside of you. It's like, man, you are forging ahead. Even though you've got things around you that aren't perfect, man, there's something about you that's just, that's just not from this. Like, what is it about you? What is it that's inside of you that, that's just, man, it's just attractive, and this is the God that we worship. So in part two, we were talking about the fact that God was an overcomer. And so uh, opening the door to war was part one. Uh, overcoming war was part two. I want to touch a little bit on that, and then I want to lock in a third part today. When we talk about opening the door to war, I want you to think about a couple of these points. If we can believe that God is a warrior then we are more likely to believe that we are warriors. God sees you as a champion, a mighty warrior. 
So often God calls us to be or to do something great, and sometimes our immediate or knee-jerk reaction to him saying, I'm calling you to do this. I want you to open the wide door of effective work. Not me. Well, I can't. I'm, 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 well, you know, I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm, 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 I'm not rich enough. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tough enough. I, I don't have the experience. I don't have what it takes. Has anyone ever here had those types of thoughts? Come on now. Pastor Sarah during worship was talking about, you know, some of those thoughts that come in and hinder us. Even the most confident people on planet Earth have massive times of doubt. Uh, I've even seen people who are non-Christians who are very, very successful on stage talk about these, these things. I mean, the, there are limitations to our humanity, but with God, nothing is impossible. And so one of the first keys that God wants us to do is to be able to uh, elevate our thoughts in alignment to his thoughts. To be able to take how we think about ourselves and to get into agreement about what he says about us and what he thinks about us. And when you know that the God that we worship is the author and the finisher of your life, and if he is a warrior, if he's designed you, then he is already put within you. Do you know that there's already the whole DNA of warrior inside of you? It may not always be manifesting around you sometimes, but what you need is already inside you, usually... The key to starting to activate that thing, activating the seed of a warrior, is you've first got to believe, one, that God himself is a warrior, and because of that, you also are a warrior. You are an overcomer. You are a conqueror. You've got to believe that. I know right now I'm standing before you telling you one of the most significant shifts in my thought life. The Bible says that the renewing of the mind leads to transformation. Do you know that the Bible doesn't say that being becoming born again is the end of your transformation? It's the beginning of your transformation where the indecorruptible seed that we're talking about, that death-defying, curse-conquering, powerful seed of God, it comes in and it partners with your spirit. You become born again. You become awakened to the reality of the things of God. That's what we mean uh, by becoming born again. Jesus said you must be born again. But everyone say that's the start. See, that's the start. That's the birth into the kingdom, but it's not the end. Then we go on a journey of renewing our mind where we have to actually get our thoughts, our thought life, our thinking to actually align to the truth, to the Word of God. We have to renew our mind in order to be transformed. So for you and I to transform, like that movie Transformers from Vehicles into Robots, Right? For you and I to transform from human beings who are limited into the death-defying, curse-conquering, overcoming men and women of God, it's not just by that born-again spirit. It's not just by that. It's also about renewing our mind. We have to look at our thought life and say, do I believe that I'm a conqueror? Do I believe that I'm an overcomer? Do I believe that I'm a warrior? I've got to start to believe it first, and then I'll start to activate it and start to see evidence of it and start to feel it. But if I think, oh, well, I don't feel like a warrior, and I'm, I'm just talking about all these things. Uh, I mean, great thing that uh, um, Julie posted on Facebook is something that is in my message today. I love it how the Holy Spirit works. She was talking about, stop talking about your mountain. Right? Speak to you, mountain. We actually covered this last week. I want to cement that this week. But the first thing is this, is you have to believe that you are a warrior. I used to think, I shared this last Sunday, but I used to think in my thoughts that I was not an overcomer. I wasn't a conqueror. If there was a certain level of a strength of setback, then I wasn't over to overcome it. I was, I was someone who'd hit the walls. I wasn't able to get around things. I, there was something in my identity that wasn't right. It was broken. There was a lack of wholeness in my thinking, and I didn't actually partner with the power of God in my life in the early stages of my Christianity. And when I started to learn that I would be transformed, that my identity would be transformed, that I'd be strengthened, that I'd have a, a, new, a, new, a new formation of my identity would start to take place if I worked on renewing my mind. And as I started to do that, and I studied the scriptures, and I got into the book of Joshua, one of my favorite books of the Bible, and I started to eat it and chew it up, and I'm thinking, yes! 
And there's something on the inside in your spirit starts to rise up and says, you know what? This is who you are. Come on, this is who you are. This is the God inside you that's, that's a part of who you really are. This is your destiny. This is what your purpose to do. Your purpose to be someone who takes on things. Your purpose to be someone who walks through that wide door of effective work, even though there's adversaries. And not to be on the back foot, but to take the forward foot approach and, and face your enemy and take your enemy on and speak to that mountain and not just talk about your mountain and not just sit down and have cups and teas and worry about how big your mountain is and not keep kind of staying uh, over here because even though that's a big wide effective door I just don't know if I can do that because it just seems like it's just too full on for me and what if I go through and, and I fail or what if I go through and I muck up and what if I go through and I lose it no it's like the warrior inside of you says I want to put more value on the opportunity that God wants me to possess, rather than putting more value on staying comfortable because I'm swimming in my worry. God says, you're not called to spend time worrying. You're, spend, you're called to, to warfare. To fight. None of this is in my notes. Praise Jesus. And so often we say, oh, not me. Not me. Exactly how Gideon responded. The angel appeared to Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty warrior. And that word warrior in that particular part of the Bible says, Man of fearless courage. And God went on to tell him of the awesome plan that he had for Gideon. But there was an issue. Gideon's response, his initial response was weak. It wasn't in agreement. It wasn't alignment. Gideon is a perfect example of his mind was not aligned to the truth. His response, how do you expect me to do that, Lord? I come from the poorest family in town and I'm the least in my family. I'm the least in my family. So there was a big difference in the way Gideon saw himself and the way God saw him. Gideon felt weak. God saw him as strong. Gideon felt unqualified. God saw him as perfect for the job. Perfect for the job. Let me say that again. Perfect for the job. Gideon felt insecure. God saw him with boldness to lead his people into battle and to win the victory. And that's just what, God, what Gideon actually did. Because the key is that Gideon had to first believe that the God that was talking to him, either through the angel or directly, was in fact a warrior. And that's why God could speak with such confidence about his creation, about Gideon. So the first step is if you doubt your identity, then actually look God in the face and say, well, God, I, I, I believe that you were a warrior. And if I believe that you're a warrior and you're telling me that I'm made in your image and that there's a part of my identity that's a warrior, that's right, I've got to start to believe that. And I think sometimes that's more challenging for people who are a little bit more on the introverted personality side. To be honest, I think, like if I look at my daughter, Zara, she is a warrior, right? She's a warrior, aren't you, babe? Hey, you are. You are a fighter, tenacious, persevering, right? I think sometimes if we've got a different type of personality, we're not the rah-rah Christian. You know what I'm talking about. And those people right now, if you know what I'm talking about and you're introverted, you're probably thinking, don't look at me. Don't look at me, Pastor Brad. Whatever you do, just don't look at me. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass anyone here. But can I tell you, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm telling you right now, if ever you have limited yourself by how you're wired in the natural, right now is your opportunity to choose to shift your thinking. Because passivity is one of the, the, the biggest things that will limit your ability to possess your promises. And some of us are naturally more passive than others. Let's just put it there, right? Now, I've seen very rah-rah people also in places of defeat, right? And they have to recharge the batteries and get back into their war. But I'm, I'm speaking intentionally to some Christians here today. And if you know that naturally you're kind of more the introverted, on the back foot, a little bit more kind of passive, you don't really want to speak up, you're not into confronting, that type of thing, naturally, just in relationships, then I'm going to put this to you. 
it's more important than ever for you to not be defined by your personality, but you've got to be defined by your identity in Christ. And it starts with your thought life. You're thinking about that you are a warrior. I am a warrior. Everyone say, I am a warrior. And so warriors overcome. So last week we talked about warriors overcome, and we looked at this particular scripture, 1 John 4, 4, and it said, you belong to God and have already won your fight with those who are against Christ. Did you know that there are some things against Christ? Right? So when you're Christ-like and you're moving in your purposes with God and you're partnering with God, you will face some adversaries. When God wants to move you forward, as you establish his kingdom and you're doing what you're called to do in your life and there's effective work and you're going to face adversaries, it says here in 1 John 4, 4, you belong to God and have already won your fight, which is great news. He's already given you the victory, which means everything that you need is within you in Christ. You belong to God and have already won your fight with those who are against Christ because there is someone in your hearts who is stronger than any evil in this wicked world. And so it talks right there about these two themes, that there is adversaries. There is something that you have to fight against. There is some things that you have to confront. And we're mainly talking spiritually here. We're not talking about having fisticuffs. But we have to understand that if we, have a, a, if we think this as Christians, because I'm a Christian, now my life should be really easy. That is wrong thinking. That's going to set you up for difficulty because you've got to know that as a Christian, you have a mighty cause and a purpose on the inside of you. You're called to be successful. You're called to be fruitful. You're called to be effective. You're called to be someone who takes territory. You're called to be an overcomer, but you can't be an overcomer if you don't overcome anything. You can't conquer anything if you don't actually take things on, if you don't confront. And so we have to face those adversaries with confidence and boldness. Just to illustrate this a little bit, just have a little bit of a lighter feel about things for a moment. Let me read this story to you. A man appears before the pearly gates in heaven. Have you ever done anything of particular merit? St. Peter asks at the pearly gates. Well, the man says, I can think of one thing. Once I came upon a gang of rough bikers who were threatening a young woman. The warrior in me came out. I told them to leave her alone, but they wouldn't listen. So I went to the largest and most heavily tattooed biker. I smacked him on the head, kicked his bike over, ripped out his nose ring and threw it on the ground and told him, leave her alone now or you'll answer to me. And St. Peter was impressed. When did this happen? Oh, a couple of minutes ago. There's my dad joke for the sermon, okay? So turn to the person next to you and say, that was the dad joke. And if you've got tattoos here, we love you. All right? We don't want to put that stereotype on you. <laughs> if you've got a nose ring, we love you. <laughs> so, look, we're not really talking about that type of fisticuff fight. We're talking about spiritual warfare. And... You have to learn how to fight spiritually. And there's all different ways you can learn that. Can I tell you the number one way I think it's best to learn how to spiritually fight is get around people who are spiritually fighting, who are warriors. Proximity, I think, is one of the most powerful principles to do with the kingdom of God. Most of what I think, when I think about spiritual warfare, I've caught more of my ability to fight spiritually than I've been taught it. Hanging around Greg and Julie Bailey, hanging around Barb, I mean, these guys, you hang around them, you connect with them, uh, just hang around people, right, who have learnt how to be tenacious, who've got that warrior identity activated in them. Thomas and Sandy, Pastor Thomas, they are warriors. Pastor Jason is a warrior. We've got so many amazing warriors. Uh, where's, uh, where's Cassie? She's a warrior, right? These fighting, tenacious people. You've got to get around them, build relationships. Uh, watch how they pray. You know, my old pastor used to say, sometimes the best training for preaching is, is to go prayer meetings. You'll love this, Bob, right? So the best training for preaching is to go to prayer meetings because it's about learning how do you fight with the Word of God, right? 
And sometimes that's the difference between preaching and teaching. Teaching is great, but preaching is about also impartation, right? There's nothing wrong with teaching. Teaching the Word of God is about building up knowledge and understanding, which helps to create wisdom. Preaching is about building impartation and more imparting revelation and, and imparting the anointing as the Word of God comes forth. So there's different kind of, there's different kind of angles to how the Word of God can, can miraculously work in our life. But there's something about the best way, I think, one of the best ways to prepare how to become a great preacher is to learn how to pray. Because as you really pray and warfare and prayer, you learn how to use the Word of God, and you also learn how to decree and to declare, to speak to your mountain, to speak to things. You know, and, and when you think about the, the ability to speak to something, you need authority to speak to something. Because as I shared, I think, on part one, when God actually got Adam and Eve to name the animals, I love watching my daughters because they, they love watching... Uh, animals, uh, uh, like baby animal videos. And, and one of the first things you'll see in any type of children's education is they learn to name the name of animals. They learn, cat, moo. They, they learn this, what's that? Moo, cat, moo, moo, cow, cow, right? Horsey, horsey, pig, pig, right? Because it gives them that sense of dominion. They're called to rule and reign. God, it's, it's, it's actually fashioning the image of God in them. That they, like Adam and Eve, were called to take dominion. That when you name something, you establish it. You have authority. When you speak and you say, I will name this thing, it means I have authority of it. And what is, what is the part of authority? You're the author. God is the order of all things. He's the creator. And so he actually writes things. He labels things. But he's given us that same ability that we're to be authors. We're to be people who create. We're to be people who name things. And because of that, we have through the being the author of something, we have authority. Can I tell you that you have authority over the mountains? You have authority over the adversaries. You have authority. You have the ability, you have the authoring ability, the creative ability to be able to speak to things. And not only can you discern and name some things, so the spirit of anger, the spirit of rejection, the spirit of gossip, the spirit of, of uh, strife, whatever it is. Sometimes you can't always uh, discern things, but that's when you learn to pray in tongues. God awakens your greater revelation and you start to get more discernment. But even if you can't name it, you say, God, whatever it is, that thing, I speak to it in the name of of Jesus, I speak to it in the name that has authority over it, that is the author of it, that actually c- commands it to bow down unto the truth of Christ Jesus. And the God, God's saying in this, in this season that He's awakening us to the ability that we all have the ability to speak to those things, to tell those things as the author that we, I'm going to tell you what your story is. I'm going to tell you how you're going to end. You're going to move out of my way, mountain, because I'm speaking to you. And the enemy or the obstacle or the hindrance sometimes that will shut you down, I talked about this as a conference, is that spirit of passivity. It will try to shut your mouth up. That will try to convince you that the best strategy is just to think about how annoying this mountain is and not actually to speak to it. See, just thinking about something isn't taking dominion over it. In fact, it's actually giving more rulership over your life. Because God, we looked at the, this morning, it said, worship me. What's part of worship? What you think about. And so if you keep thinking about your mountain, if you keep thinking about your hindrances, if you keep thinking about what you're worrying about, if you keep thinking about what's holding you back, in fact, in one way, you're actually worshiping that thing. You're looking at that mountain going, you're too big. And I'm actually in awe and how giant you are and how intimidating you are. And in a way, you're actually worshiping that thing. But God says, get your focus off that thing. Put your focus on the one true God. Start to look at how amazing and big and mighty and and fearless He is. And as you do that, in different ways, you worship Him, you praise Him. You, you, You send declarations of the Word of God out in your life. You start to shake things up. You pray in tongues. You start to, to, you start to shift out of pass- passivity into this aggressive, assertive sense of, I can because I'm worshiping my warrior God. And by doing that, it activates the warrior man, a woman of God inside of me. And now because I've spent time in the presence of the almighty God, the one true God, the author and finisher of my life, the first and the last, I am now able to go back to this mountain with a whole new perspective. And I'm able to look at you and I'm able to say, you know what? You need to shift. In fact, 
You need to move. You need to bow down right now. You need to get out of my way. In the name of Jesus, I pull on the authority given to me by Christ, and I speak to you, and I say, bow down in Jesus' name. Can I tell you? Your family will be blessed if you can birth, not just this identity, but if you can learn to walk in this. I think in this season, it's more important to establish this in our life. Rather than trying to keep working so hard to make all of our goals manifest, your goals will manifest if you actually deposit some time in developing this. See, I believe, I sense, I sense that one of the mountains is frustration. And some of the frustration has been lingering so long that it's turned into anger. And it's, it, it in itself has become a mountain because we've been trying so hard to make things happen in our own strength and we've grown tired and weary. And that's okay because we're human beings and sometimes we make those poor choices. But I, I sense that in this season, this is an opportunity where God, He wants to uproot. He wants to uproot some things. He wants to expose what these mountains are. And I believe some of the mountains in our lives a frustration that's actually led to even a more uh, full-on mountain called anger. Angry with what's been going on. Frustrated to the point of just disappointment, the sense of hopelessness. And God would say, name that thing. Expose it for what it is. Speak to it. Warriors have delegated power. Who believes that? They have delegated power. Cool. We've got 15 minutes left. Good. Excellent. All right. Mark eleven twenty three. I tell you the truth. Not I tell you a nice little principle that might kind of work. No, I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go. Throw yourself into the sea. I love that. I mean, just, just think about this for a second. Go, throw yourself into the sea. Just think about those words that Jesus is using to teach us. Go! Not guy. Just throw yourself in the sea. Go on, off you go. No. Go! Throw yourself into the sea. Get out of here. Get out. Authority. Everyone say authority. authority. Now, it's funny because Pastor Jane Hammond was here, son of Dominion Conference, who was talking about one of her friends in ministry, not the loudest person. See, authority isn't necessarily about volume. There's really a lot of loud people around who actually lack authority. And some kind of quiet people have a lot of authority, right? So it's not about volume, but it's about authority, right? I do believe, though, sometimes for introverted people, you need to kind of go there with your volume to kind of just know what it feels like. Because sometimes I believe in the pendulum principle. Sometimes to actually end up here, you need to sometimes swing the pendulum out here just to so it ends up here. You know what I'm saying? So if you're really like kind of, you know, very meek and, you know, mild, that's cool. But sometimes just go there, right? Pray in tongues for like a good 40 minutes and just get fueled up in the things of God and then just start going, woohoo. Now, obviously, you're not going to necessarily do that on the street, but in your own home, right? Go for it. And just feel what it feels like because something will birth within you, Right? Yeah, and so Apostle Jane was talking about one of the minister friends who, you know, she was casting out a demon and just like, in the name of Jesus, I tell you to go right now. And so it was kind of, you know, not so full on and intense like I was just doing, but there was an authority in the name of Jesus, I tell you. What was her name? Do you remember her name, honey? Do you know? Mary. Have you met her? Yeah. A little short. Yeah, polite, southern belle. <laughs> but just tells demons where to go, right? I love that. And this is the same here, right? Who remembers the story where uh, Jesus, there, there's some demons in operation, and then the demons go into the pigs? Okay, do you remember what Jesus said? Do you remember? He didn't say, oh, I deliver this person of demons. He spoke to the thing and said, now go into, get out. It's like a directive, 
direction. You think about the police when they're directing traffic. Are they passive? I mean, have you ever seen them? It's not polite. It's not passive. It's authoritative. It's directive. In fact, it's choleric. All those phlegmatics said, no, don't say choleric. Don't say the word. It's choleric. It's dominant. Dominion. Dominate. Take dominion. When was the last time that you were spiritually dominant? Spiritually militant? In your private world. I'm not talking about, you know, putting on a show in a prayer meeting. In your private world. When was the last time when no one was looking? Come on now, be challenged. And encouraged at the same time. In your private world when no one was looking. When no one could think, oh, aren't they really pressing into the Lord? No, no one was thinking. No one was watching. When was the last time in your private world that you spoke to something that's been trying to hinder you or your family and you took dominion over it through spiritual warfare. This is what God's encouraging us to do. And, you know, because of your covenant with God, there is no mountain in your life that God cannot move. And there are frightening circumstances in life, there are setbacks, but your situation does not scare God. In Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. Now, I want you to think about this, just for a second. This is a quick illustration, just to rock our thinking a little bit. We're just going to stay on on point number two. We can go back on the slide there. Still about delegation. Thank you, team. The biggest mathematical miracle in the world, and we're talking about Exodus before, Who here loves the movie, The Ten Commandments, right? Greg loves that movie. Well, turn to someone next to you and say, I'm about to have my mind blown. Good. Here we go. This is to illustrate that God can handle your mountain. Moses and his people were in the desert, but what was he going to do with them? They had to be fed, and fed is what he did. According to the quartermaster general in the U.S. Army, it is reported that Moses would have had to have had 1,500 tons of food every day. Do you know that to bring that much food each day, two freight trains, each one a mile long, would be required? Besides, you must remember, they were out in the desert, so they would have to have firewood to use in cooking the food. This would take 4,000 tons of wood and a few more freight trains, each one a mile long, just to feed the people for one day. And just think, they were 40 years in the desert. Is anyone having their mind blown yet? They would have to have water as well. So if they only had enough to drink and wash a few dishes, it would take 11 million, this is a US story, so pardon the metrics here, 11 million gallons each day. And a freight train with tank cars 1,800 miles long just to bring water. But then there is another problem. Each time they camped at the end of the day, a campground two-thirds the size of Rhode Island was required or a total of 750 square miles long just for nightly camping. And another thing, they had to get across the Red Sea at night. Now, if they went on a narrow path, double file, catch this now, the line would be 800 miles long and would require 35 days and nights to get through. So when they started across, there had to be a space of the Red Sea three miles wide so that they would walk 5,000 abreast to get over in one night. That's the God we're talking about. There's many scriptures in the Bible that says, 
you know, even when it challenged the Israelites to take the stones as milestones of record of what God's done in the past so that the future generation could be reminded of how powerful and miraculous God was so that that would fuel your faith to look at the current mountains or the miracles that you need to have the faith, the confidence that your warrior God will activate the warrior anointing you to speak to those mountains and nothing is impossible with God. So you and I... Like any warrior, a warrior needs to keep training and, and uh, you know, uh, to keep giving him or herself confidence that they can fight. One of the ways that we can train spiritually is we've got to get into the Word of God to remind ourselves that God's done it before He can do it again. If God's done that, He can do anything. So you can't fight if you're not actually feeding on the Word of God because you're not fueling yourself with faith and the faith is the thing that needs to be activated in yourself to rise up. So can I say this to you? If the Word of God just lately has been a little bit boring, well, get over that because it's supernaturally powerful to fuel you to rise up and have enough faith to activate God. It's not boring if you're hanging out with God while you're reading it. Do you know that? See, if you're reading the Word of God without God there, it's boring. Have you ever noticed that? It kind of sounds like Shakespeare. It's like, and you read three lines and you think, what? I have to read that again. And then you read it and you're going, what's it talking about? And then I don't know about you, but then I go, oh, I'd rather just go on my newsfeed of Facebook. Oh, most of us went a bit quiet then, right? But can I tell you, you're, you're to have a relationship with the Word of God. And so a warrior actually gets fired up. You pray, you get in the presence of God, put worship music on, whatever it is. Get out of the flesh, get out of your own thinking, get into the presence of God, fire up your spirit, and then start feeding on the Word of God and it will become alive to you. Plus, there's no excuses these days because there's about 50,000 tools online to spoon feed you the Word. I mean, there's just no excuses these days. Plus, we've got great circles here where we're doing different teachings on how to, to, to learn the Word of God. But I want to finish with this. Well, actually, two things. Your problem is not the first one a child of God has faced. We get that by looking at that story. But I want to charge us. I want to finish with a strategic and intentional charge in our spirit about something. And I believe that this teaching series about upgrade... And we'll just, we'll just stay in the slide because next Sunday I'm going to finish with a couple of other keys. I believe that this word, this teaching series is not just for us individually, but I believe it's for us as a church community as well. The beginning of this year, we released a new type of vision that would go for 24 months rather than just 12, called 24 to double. And I want to say to you afresh that I believe that it's right now in this time in August where God wants us to reflect again that we're not called just to be warriors for our own lives, but we're called to be warriors to establish the work of God on the earth. And a big part of that plan is to be actively mobilized to build the house of God. What does that mean? Actively mobilized. To actually be in the spirit, to be aware of what we're doing. Why are we doing this? Do we just come together just to get a word? No, what what are we actually doing here? And I want to share this with you. I believe that God wants to refresh in our hearts the vision for these 24 months. We're six months in of 24 months. We're a quarter in. And like any fighting army, like any community, it's good just to take stock, take a step back in order to take a step forward and go, when we take a step back, it's like, let's just look at what God's doing and let's refresh our why. And so our vision is to actually build our church community more intentionally and more deliberately that God actually cares about what's happening and that he wants to build a strong, viable, momentum-focused Christian community. I believe in this house, God is wanting to do something. Our mission here is to live with purpose. That means to live with your why, to live with the revelation that you're not just a Christian to be blessed, you're a Christian to be a mobilized force on the earth to build God's kingdom. What does building God's kingdom really look like? It means about expanding the territory of God. How do you expand the territory of God? If you can get the Spirit of God 
inside of a human being and you can help to disciple them to renew their mind and get their mind and their spirit in agreement with the truth of God, then they become a mobilized soldier in the army of God. And if you can get that person to be motivated and empowered to also to reach out the lost and actually bring them into the things of God and to see that person born again with the spirit of God, to disciple that person to get renewed, they become a mobilized army of the Lord. And you start to see this and it actually takes root in a particular location, whether it be Cooper's Plains, whether it be Southeast Queensland, whether it be Brisbane, building the local church is something that we have to fight for. But let me say this. I'm not interested in creating unity. I think we have the wrong perception. We don't need to create unity. Do you know why? Because there already is unity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Think about this. I think sometimes we think we have to create unity. No, we need to fight for unity. We need to protect unity. But I want to, I want to bring a new slash. We're actually already joining unity. There's already a movement of God where God is so purposely united. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Can I say this to you? It's not about you feeling united with the church or the local church vision. You just got to get on board because God's going there anyway. God is building His church whether you want to be a part of that or not. And there will be an open, wide-door, effective work. There are things that are uh, are beautifully happening in our church right now. We're getting great testimony feedback, but I want to say this to you. This is what we see. And I want to have you charged as to why I'm going to ask some of the instruments that come as as uh, as we finish. I want to encourage you to pray for your church. When was the last time you prayed for your local church? God's building a storehouse, but I believe He's building a community. And this is what I want to share with you. We are fighting and believing for growth in this place. And we want to see our church community and our church family grow. And so, how do we do that? I'm going to read a concept here. The first thing about being a warrior is about knowing what you're called to fight against and knowing what you're called to fight for. I think sometimes as Christians, we fight against the wrong thing. We fight against each other. We fight against our opinions. Yeah, our church here is amazing. We actually have a brewing community in unity. So I'm not saying this as a, we need to fix this. But I'm proactively saying to you today, it's not time to take a backward foot. It's actually time to take a forward foot. And so what does that mean? I want to just lay it out here. Unity is watered in our thoughts. It grows in our attitudes and is seen in the fruit of our lives. And as warriors, we're not creating unity, but we are fighting to protect it. Because sometimes, when we actually don't walk in that warrior identity, and we start getting frustrated with our own lives, we start getting angry, then we start to create below-the-line thinking, which is we start to want to point the finger. I'm annoyed because you don't talk to me. I'm annoyed because I don't feel connected. I'm annoyed because... So it's our responsibility. We've got to continue in that place of being forward-footed and spending time with God. Because it's in that overflow that we can protect unity. 
We're not here to call to create unity. And so this is what I see. I'm going to make it really simple. I see more new people coming. And I see our community having wide eyes open to new people. And wanting to include them and wanting to make them feel welcome. I see more people who are lost and broken giving their life to Jesus Christ. And then people getting around them and encouraging them and praying for them and inviting them to a circle or inviting them to their home. I also see more people like a mobilized army wanting to join a team, wanting to join a part of the church to be a part of it and to help out. Because you know what? Fellowship doesn't just grow in a circle. There's great fellowship in our teams. But what's the one thing about a warrior? What's the one thing about a soldier? What they're fighting for, they actually believe in. And what they're fighting for, they actually want other people to join. So a soldier, a warrior, actually want to seize the warriors grow. So this is, this is my challenge to you. I believe that God's doing different things. I believe that He's releasing things in worship, setting people free of some things. I believe that he's intentionally building stronger friendships and relationships right now because he's wanting to create more glue and stickiness with each other. I believe also, though, that he's releasing a new sense of ownership and responsibility in everyone about the vision of this church. And I see that in people's hearts, you're going to have more of a hunger to actually want to see people who are new come along reach out to them, get them connected. Rather than just focusing on what you're getting, actually what you're getting is a greater purpose and why if you're actually reaching out and saying, hey, I want to connect people in. Because there is a new thing that's about to happen very soon. And that is God's about to take discipleship, the growth of people's identity in Christ to a new level. But I want to say this to you. There are some people on the peripheral on the outskirts, and you know who I'm talking about? And God says, I want you to start to come in. I want you to start to take ownership. I want you to start to look around and get on board. Start to look at what God's doing here. Rather than just coming and going, I'm here to feed for myself. No, God's saying there's something bigger than just your own self that God wants you to get a hold of here. Because if you're really a warrior, if you're really a kingdom builder, You've got to look outside just your little patch and what God's doing. You've got to start to have a bigger vision. And I want to share this with you. I believe it starts with prayer. So part of our worry thing, we're going to end the service in about a minute. We're going to intentionally start praying for our church and our church community. Now we have prayer meetings, we have an intercessor team prayer us. But I'm going to release a call to prayer as a senior pastor. And what that means is on a Sunday morning, rather than doing a pre-service prayer meeting here, from, say, 9.40 to 10, right? What I'm going to do is I'm going to start some prayer meetings in our studio, one of our studios here, uh, from around 9.20, 9.30 to about 5 to 10. I want to challenge you to come. And for four weeks in a row, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray for the vision of this church. We're going to pray that God's going to expand our community because we have a vision to double 
in size over 24 months because I believe that there is such an anointing on this place to actually raise up disciples. But we need more workers. We need more people. We need more people to shift from, from the peripheral, from that place of just kind of being comfortable on the sidelines, saying, hey, I want to come and I want to shift off the sidelines. I want to shift off the bench and I want to become part of the team here at Forever House. And I believe that God is actually challenging some people right now to respond. And this is what I want you to do. In this place right now, if you go, you know what, God's speaking to me as Pastor Brad's in this, I, I want to be a part of this for the next four. Don't have to commit to everyone, but I, I want to I say, yep, I'm going to answer the call to a church that we're going to pray for this church. We're going to have intensified prayer for a month and we're going to pray for God to do a mighty work and to shift some things so that God would start to bring more people and we'd start to see an acceleration of not just growth, but also an acceleration of what people are doing community-wise, relationship building, circles, teams. And so if that's you, if you feel encouraged to be a part of that, I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the mighty warriors in this house. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your hands. If you're standing, I want you to lift your hands. Lord, I'm not going to pray with volume right now. But Lord, I'm going to pray with authority. And Lord, I thank you, Father, that unity commands a blessing. Lord, that you are activating new warriors and you are activating and mobilizing us as a team, as a church, as a community, Lord. Lord, that you're asking us to fight for this house, for this vision, that you're asking us, Lord, Lord, to be united, Lord, to be focused. And so, Father, as we have hands lifted high, we ask, Lord, that you would enable us, you would empower us, Father, you would excite us, you would fill us with expectation, Father, Lord, bring new people to this place. As those doors open, Father, we thank you, Lord, for friendships. We thank you, Lord, for connections. We thank you, Lord, for new circles. We thank you, Lord, for new teams. Father, we thank you, Lord, for discipleship, that people will be studying the Word together. They'll be praying together. They'll be prophesying over each other. Father, we pray, Lord, Lord, for an acceleration, Lord, of growth. We thank you, Lord, within people, Lord. Lord, that thank you, Father, that even in their homes, Lord, they're going to call out to you, God. There's going to be a new flood of the presence of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, Lord, for an activation of all the things and Lord, we're called to build your kingdom and to grow the things of God on the earth today. Father, mobilize your warriors. Lord, as we answer the call in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Let's give him some praise.